For a second time, San Diego County is in a new reopening phase. California Governor Gavin Newsom revealed the new tiered system on Friday, which is a much slower approach than he took in June. That led to a surge in cases and swift closures that frustrated many Californians. Despite calls to both open up quicker and remain closed, San Diego County health officials stressed this specific mantra. What happens in this stage of the pandemic is up to you. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. To get a deeper understanding of what's going on, we have two reporters with us today, Brittany Miling, who is on the business team, and Gary Worth, who has been a part of the coronavirus coverage. So let's kind of start with definitions, getting people up to speed. Uh, Brittany, can you explain this new system and kind of why San Diego is able to start further ahead than other Southern California counties? Sure. Well, the governor announced a new system where uh, basically counties are put into four different tiers based on their uh, outbreak data. I'm sorry, not their outbreak data, but their case data. Uh, they kind of took took away some of the factors that we used to look at, such as the number of community outbreaks that we're seeing. And I think the reason for that is they said that, that these are kind of lagging indicators. So instead, they're looking at case positivity rate and they're looking at total cases. So San Diego County uh, is in the... Uh, red tier, which is like second to worst, but we were still able to open some businesses. So they've been able to lift some uh, restrictions. And this is a lot more about, um, it's actually across the board, almost all types of businesses can reopen some indoor operations, but there are just caps on how many people can be inside at once. Mm -hmm. And you kind of mentioned that it's kind of across all sectors. Uh, Gary, can you kind of give some context? Like, how different is this plan from what that we saw in June? Well, for the restaurants, I, uh, what I heard from the restaurant tours is that, that the new plan uh, specifically uh, limits the number of people who can go inside the restaurant to 25%, while other uh, earlier in June, it uh, it focused on the distance that uh, tables would be at. Everything would have to be at 6%. I mean, uh, six feet. Now it's 25% uh, plus uh, six feet. With, I think, also a maximum of 100, uh, you know, at a time to be inside the restaurant. How that equates for some restaurants, it depends on their size. Um, one small restaurant I talked to, they said that it really wouldn't make a difference. But another one said... That they went from, um, they they are down to, uh, forgot what he, well, um, it it did make an a, an effect on how many people overall that they that they could serve, uh, because it um, they're looking at it as more more restrictive um, that they have to cap at twenty five percent. And I talked to one restaurant, and he said that just he um, he owned several uh, restaurants, like eighteen restaurants, and he said overall we've been able to expand our, um, our patio. Um, and now that we can open up uh, seats inside at a limited capacity, we're at like maybe 60% overall. Uh, so they're, they're still hurting. Uh, they're still not anywhere near what they what they could have done uh, before. But that's what I understand. Uh, and the restaurants, they, uh, the capacity, um, you know, the, the new change was. And I think, uh, Brittany, you probably know about the change in uh, in gyms, it's like 10% now, uh, right? That's right. Yeah, the gym, honestly, the, the rules on most, it, uh, most of the guidelines are the same in terms of like 
distancing and masks and protocols as far as temperature checks for some industries. Um, the big difference is, is, is capping how many people can be inside. And for fitness centers, they've been, they've kind of received kind of the harshest, besides bars and card rooms, which can't have any indoor, uh, you know, activities right now. Gyms have, you know, the next kind of most severe rules, which is a cap at 10%. Um, and, you know, I talked to one gym owner who was a small business owner, and he said, honestly, 10% is kind of what we typically see. Um, but then I talked to a, a fitness center that's much larger and they said, you know, I think it's crazy. No, you know, there is no business in the world that's offering, you know, operating off of a 90% profit margin. So if you cap your business at 10%, you reduce the volume of people coming to the gym, uh, then I just, you know, I'm not even paying my utility bills with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the whole limit is really frustrating because it really boils down to how much square footage do you have? Can you effectively have these protocols? If you're a small restaurant that already was small and is lucky enough to have a patio, well, functionally, it's the same. You maybe have one person in the inside when you couldn't have that in the past. But if you were, you know, a large restaurant that wasn't able to have a patio, you know, it's only a little bit more versus those ones that were able to get that outside space. So it's almost like places that had this square footage mostly outside are the real winners in this kind of strange reality we're now in. That's been the real uh, difficulty and honestly the dissatisfaction among the business community and those who are advocating for the business community is they feel that the, that the rules kind of unfairly affect uh, businesses based off of things that are totally beyond their control, like what neighborhood they're in and what's adjacent to their business and can they take advantage of like a parking lot outside or, or not. And so the, you know, the terminology that people are using quite often is that, oh, the, the government is picking winners and losers in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in that, in that sense, Brittany's right about the neighborhood that you're in as far as restaurants go. Uh, if you're a restaurant that is just has a storefront, uh, maybe the city that you're in, but you have three extra parking spots uh, in front and you can do something with them. But you might be a, a restaurant that is in a little strip mall and I've seen restaurants that basically have taken over an entire parking lot with uh, with lots of, of seating that they've done. So those guys are making out a lot better than other restaurants that never had much uh, space to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as this news was coming out, uh, you saw an interesting divide. You had many leaders asking for looser restrictions and also some scientists and parents calling for more stringent ones. Uh, Brittany, can you kind of give a explanation of these two competing arguments that we heard yesterday and uh, going back as far as Friday when this was announced? Well, there's a there's a fear, especially among um, like the healthcare community and, and the science community, that because we've already done this once, right? We've already reopened to indoor operations to a certain extent, and we saw a spike in cases. And so the concern is you know, are we really going to do this again and, and put, you know, everyone at risk? We know what happens here. Let's go slowly. That's that's one side of it. And the other side, like here locally, uh, County Supervisor Desmond has been very outspoken and said, you know, this is this is unsustainable. It, not just from the business perspective, although that's what Desmond speaks to is like the business owners. They can't, you know, they can't feed their families. They can't pay the rents. This is unsustainable to be, uh, you know, having this go on for so long. But I think the other part of that that I think maybe politicians are a little hesitant to acknowledge is that 
uh, this is affecting tax revenue really badly. And California has uh, seen a bigger uh, drop in tax revenue than almost all other states. We're, we were down 42%, I think, from March to May. And that stops at May. And we've seen you know, even more closures in the months that followed. So I think at some point, politicians are saying, they, I think they kind of recognize that we're going to see another spike. And they're doing it anyway, because they see it as uh, unsustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the county just adopted a, a budget that over next couple of years, it's uh, about $200 uh, million dollars um, in, uh, dipping into their into their reserves. It's it's lower than it should be. And they're, they had to do it, but they're not really comfortable um, with it. But what are you going to do? They're looking at like maybe, in, but in the third year, it, it will bounce back and we'll get those reserves back. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I'm personally worried about is what happens if consumer spending just takes a massive dive in the coming weeks because once people stop getting those $600 um, additional unemployment payments and, you know, assuming they weren't able to find a job in the meantime, that just means there's less money moving through the economy, which naturally would affect small businesses. So it's possible that we're nearing even more rocky waters when it comes to, you know, the very things that business owners are demanding. Yeah, you know, I spoke to a retail analyst a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she's a, a national retail analyst, so she's kind of looking at this macroeconomically. And she said um, that that is a big concern of, of a lot of the largest retail corporations right now, is they see um, the damage that's been done so far to their business in terms of, like, a lot of these companies have gone bankrupt in the last few months. They, they see that as just the beginning, because if the money stops flowing to, to the general public, you know, consumer spending will probably pull back. Things that people used to spend more on, for example, the back to school season, that's seeing a real hit. A lot of other parts of retail are seeing a big hit. And so I think uh, there's a lot of uncertainty about um, even if we do reopen, you know, how much is it going to do for the economy? Mm -hmm. A lot of unanswered questions. And uh, Gary, when you were uh, interviewing a variety of restaurant owners, did they say anything about how, you know, they foresee the next couple weeks going? Because it's one thing to have 25% reduced capacity indoors, but are people willing to eat inside? Yeah, that's the big question that they don't know. Uh, and uh, the restaurants that I talked to were unclear about that. Um, I just talked to, to uh Three restaurants of a variety of sizes, uh, and um, like Breakfast Republic uh, has like I think ten restaurants. Uh, two of them are in Orange County, and people were going in. But uh, the owner uh, of the restaurant chain, he said, "I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like if if it were a hot day, I think people would go inside because there's air conditioning, but." Right now, I, I don't know. I think people will still be nervous about it. And I talked to Sunnyside um, uh, uh, Kitchen in, in uh, Escondido, and they're a very small place. And they'll let, you know, they'll have two tables indoors and maybe seven people. And they said, it's like, you know, that's all we're comfortable with. It's like we're thinking of our own health. You know? So when you go to a restaurant, it's like you're going to make the decision. Now you can go in um, and it's like would you like to sit on the patio and it's like well what patio is it you know ocean view or how nice no it's it's a it's a picnic table in the parking lot and it's like oh 
It's like, so what's the other choice? Well, you can go indoors and, you know, you might get a disease and be horribly sick and die. But, um, you know, it's that's what's going to be on people's minds, uh, though. And hopefully people will, you know, be responsible overall. And uh, But they're going to make decisions that they're comfortable with. Uh, so people are going to go indoors. Uh, some people are going to still go on the patio and some people aren't going to go at all. And that's still a big uncertainty out there. This, uh, you know, there's just this whole spectrum, right? There's people who are very anxious. Uh, they won't even go outside and they'll still have things delivered to their home. And other people, it's like, I'm fine. I'm going to go out and do uh, anything. You know, coming from the, from the business perspective, what I heard a lot of here in San Diego is um, customers saying, why are we even doing this? The outdoor thing is working just fine. A lot of us like and prefer to be eating outside if we're going to go out and dine because it's safer, but it's also pleasant here in San Diego. Um, and, you know, I, I just wanted to remind people that these, these were rules set out for the, for the whole state. And while San Diego has this very, you know, perfect weather to support this kind of outdoor business, outdoor commerce, the majority of the state doesn't have that. And so, you know, those those restaurants and, and cafes and stuff were, I'm sure, seeing a much bigger hit than what ours were able to support outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the hardest parts of this whole pandemic is that we're such a large state or such a large country. You can't have a one size fits all thing. But, you know, this federalist response has also caused the kind of problems that we're in right now. The fact that we have more than 6 million cases and more than 180,000 Americans dead, partially because of the way we responded. Right. It's difficult at a, at a large level, I think. You know, the bigger the country, the more diverse the country, uh, not just in terms of like the makeup of the people, but of the makeup of the economies. Um, yeah, one size fits all is very difficult to, to accomplish. Hmm. And San Diego County had the option to be more restrictive in the state if it wanted to. The only substantive change that the county is taking is the requirement that businesses have customer logs. So if there's an outbreak tied to a certain location, they're able to tell other people about what's going on. What have both of you heard about this plan, which in a way does sound like a way to help contact tracing, but you know, people aren't exactly willing to always go along with it. Uh, this actually came up uh, months and months ago. I can't even remember which phase and which industry was asked to keep a log like this. Um, but back then, people were saying, you know, this is a small price to pay for, for me to be able to do business. I'm fine with it. And then other business owners said, oh, another another thing that now I have to put on my plate, along with all these other rules and restrictions, and felt that it was a little bit onerous uh, for them. This time around, that announcement came really late in the day. And so for the people that I interviewed at fitness centers, we didn't get a chance to talk about that. Gary, did your did restaurant owners have anything to say? No, I didn't even know about it myself until I read about it later. So nobody brought it up uh, yesterday. And I do imagine that there's going to be some pushback, but there's also going to be people who have had a very good attitude and they say, we're all in this together. I understand why they're doing it. Uh, and there's also going to be people that are saying, why do you want my number? Why do you want my name? What are you going to do with this? Are you really tracing just uh, this uh, this virus? Are you, you know, there's going to be people who think this is the government trying to keep track of you. Uh, though. So uh, it's it's um, it's a careful thing to you know um, you know go into. Uh, so so um, this is going to be interesting. But um, um, I can only expect what kind of pushback that uh, we're going to see. 
something that, that came up in the press conference that I haven't heard much people talk about, and maybe it's because it's such a small change that people are not so much paying attention, but um, Wooten did say that here in San Diego, they did tighten up the rules of restaurants as far as facial coverings go. Like in the past, uh, once you were seated, you could take off your mask and, you know, you know, talk and do whatever. Um, now, if you're not actually eating or drinking, you have to have a mask on even if you're seated inside. And so in my head, I'm like, well, what is that, 10 minutes that you're at a table before your drink is served? Um, but, I, you know, it is a change, and we've made a point of it a couple of times uh, in the press conference that masks do have a little bit more uh, stricter rules now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of these things in which, you know, there's only so much you can force. It does ultimately come down to our individual actions and you know, this has been a real test for American society, which is inherently individualistic to do something for the collective good. And, you know, I think we're seeing we're we're reaping what we sow here. Yeah, that's been kind of the message of the of the leaders in the last um, press conference is like you said at the beginning, it's kind of it's up to all of us at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the other argument that uh, we, we mentioned, Supervisor Desmond and uh, saying how how long is this going to go on? Uh, but uh, Supervisor Fletcher is on the other side. And I think the argument there is uh, if we don't do this right, it's going to go on even longer. Uh, though. So we are going to go back and forth. It's like if we open too soon, we're going to be in the same situation we were in June. We're going to have to pull back. Nobody wants that. And they said at the I remember they said at the time, it's like, uh, you know, once we um, we open these, we're not going back. Uh, but, uh, you know, they did and they will. They you know, we don't want them to, you know, just uh, to be on a roller coaster. Uh, so it's, I see the argument on, on both sides. And, um, and I see that if we if we do rush ahead, uh, we already know historically that we might fall back. And this, you know, it's like we're, we'll lose ground again. And, and nobody wants that, uh, too. So uh, that's the situation that we're in. Mm hmm. Yeah, and we are going into Labor Day weekend, so uh, the timing of this is somewhat concerning. But on the other hand, if people don't have money to spend, maybe they won't, you know, <laughs> make the mistake and do something that could cause the spread of the virus. So maybe in a sense, the economic damage may be helpful for the public health perspective. We'll see. One way to look at it. And as we get deeper into this reopening phase, uh, can you give readers a bit of a preview of stories or, you know, questions you hope to get answered in the coming weeks? Uh, Gary, when do you go first? Oh, what I'm uh, looking at right, right now actually is another uh, reopening that has uh, it's kind, of, kind of tipped my hand for what I'm working on. But uh, um, recreational boating still uh, has restrictions on it uh, for people who own boats and want to go out sailing with people who aren't uh, their family members. Uh, and it's odd right now because if you, you know, you can go and rent a boat um, uh, with your friends, you can go, uh, if I understand it, um, though, uh, commercial fishing, uh, though, with, with other people and would be on board with. But um, yacht clubs like the San Diego Yacht Club, which is all about uh, racing uh, regattas, these guys can't go out on their boats uh, and get create a crew together to go out on a boat race. So their whole season's been canceled. All um, you know, official regattas at yacht clubs have been canceled. Uh, so a few, like about a month ago, they brought this up at a county board meeting, and the county 
uh, some supervisors agreed, yeah, that doesn't seem fair that uh, that boat owners are dealing with this situation. Uh, so um, the San Diego uh, San Diego Association of Yacht Clubs worked with um, with the county to come up with some protocols to present to the state, and they presented that about a week ago yesterday, I, I think, uh, to the state, and it's been, I understand, booted up to another level, and maybe if they agree with the protocols here, it could change things throughout the state, and uh, the Association of Yacht Clubs down here started um, the ball rolling on that, and, and it could, you know, allow yachting racing to resume in San Francisco and other places that have um, a lot of boating activity, you know, and uh, Remember, we had the America's Cup here uh, once. We had the America's Cup uh, in 2013 in San Francisco. If this were happening at that time, uh, I know all sports have been canceled, but um, the America's Cup only comes around once every several years, and it's an international event, and uh, we wouldn't be able to do it this year because of that rule, uh, though. So anyway, some local folks uh, are uh, had, had worked together to... Uh, make a rule change that could affect uh, a lot of boaters throughout the entire state. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And Brittany, what do you hope to get answered in the coming weeks when it comes to this new phase of reopening? Uh, one topic I've been particularly interested in is uh, offices and whether they are people are returning to work in offices or not. And I had been working on a story for a while about that. And the rules that came out on Friday uh, were a little bit confusing from the state. I had actually had to personally go through several departments of the state uh, just a couple of months ago to try and get an understanding of are non-essential offices allowed to be working in the office in person right now. And after like multiple emails, phone calls, I finally got a, an answer saying, well, the language was a little confusing on our website, but yes, they are allowed to operate uh, inside you know, non-essential offices. And then the rules from the state that were announced Friday, the way that that it's written, it sounds as if non-essential offices are no longer uh, allowed to have workers in offices. Um, but it's, it's again, unclear. So I'm trying to get that question answered because there are a lot of uh, offices that have some workers uh, returning because they don't have the work from home setups uh, necessary to get their work done at home. So I'm just, I'm looking into that. We'll see what the answer is. All right. It's interesting as we get into this next phase. Gary Worth, Brittany Myling, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. It's Tuesday, so listen to the latest episode of Name Drop. Hear the UT's Abby Hamblin and Christy Totten interview Jean Guerrero. She's a reporter at KPBS and recently published a book about senior Trump advisor Stephen Miller. Name Drop San Diego is available wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is made possible by subscribers to the San Diego Union Tribune. As we live through this momentous time in history, the truth and facts matter. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.